0: Lockdown Diaries with Jack Kirby Lowe, Episode 9. It is the 2nd of April today, uh, and in a in a shock twist, um, this episode has got a second person on it. So what you're about to hear is a conversation I had with my good friend uh, Matt uh, yesterday evening. Um, so Matt is also in a lockdown situation as well, um, as is everyone. Um, and we talk about what's going on with him, his wife, uh, they believe has had coronavirus. So, um, we talk about that and we sort of talk about quite in broad strokes, the political and economic factors of the, of the coronavirus situation. I won't lie. It starts out quite heavy, but stick with it. Cause we get a bit lighter and sillier, uh, as we go on. Um, yeah. And I get a bit giggly towards the end in fact so that's that's fun to listen to um word of warning the audio quality of the conversation isn't the best um matt's audio is a bit volume in and out and it's not super 100 percent clear uh, we're hoping we'll record a conversation again but we'll we'll try and try and improve the technology um that we implement to do so so sorry about that but i hope it's still vaguely amusing anyway uh and yeah uh it's a bit of a long one so i won't say any more and just let you listen thank you
1: matt why don't you tell me about what your lockdown situation is oh hi how are
2: you doing um right so uh it's probably very similar to most people i know at the moment um i am working from home i do a job that is just on the fringes of making a positive contributions um, <laughs> while the pandemic is going on. So it's it sort of, if not important, then at, at least it's helpful. So uh, I'm lucky enough Not
1: actively it. unhelpful.
2: It's not actively unhelpful. Well, no, I, I think it's just, I work with young people and uh, running youth programs or supporting the delivery of youth programs. And there are a lot of young people out there who aren't going to school. They might be isolated at home. Um, their parents or carers might be at their frayed edges by now uh, trying to look for things for them to do. So supporting youth programs that can be delivered remotely is is, an, is a helpful thing. So I feel like I'm able to make a very small contribution. That's good. Um, I am actually in self-isolation. My wife um, was working in New York and she came back to the country about two weeks ago. Um, and all I really wanted, and I really did, is well, I wanted I an I, I Heart New York t-shirt because uh, there's, a, there's a there's a retro charm about them. And um, uh, and she didn't bring me that. She she instead appears to have brought coronavirus back with her. Uh. Um, obviously, uh, she hasn't been tested, um, and she's thankfully hasn't been ill enough to go to hospital. But she has displayed all the symptoms. She's been in bed for most of the last two weeks and um is really hit her hard. I mean I, I'm not we're not particularly old, we're in reasonably good health. Um and I think it was a little bit of a surprise to her how how much it's taken out of her. Mm. Um she's sort of had a, a, I think she's had all the symptoms. Uh, which is very typical of Laura. Uh, she, she she does like to cover all the bases. She's very mm-hmm. thorough. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, thankfully, we, the the breathing, um, the the issues with the breathing sort of subsided after a few days. So, um, it it didn't get more serious than that.
1: And how difficult was it for her to breathe? Like, what was? Can you describe it?
2: Uh, yeah, I I mean it it sounded like it, or she she described it as very much like an asthmatic clench in her throat um but it did feel quite heavy it felt quite it felt like it was blocked rather than tightened. you it, you could hear it hmm. um it, it was only for a couple of, a couple of days and it and it, it it was worse when she was laying down so it was worse when at, at night so that was keeping her awake which also kept me awake.
1: Yeah, it's rubbish. Uh,
2: Yeah, no, it was really unpleasant and a little bit of a worry. Um, I I think she was mindful, maybe I was mindful, that we we didn't want to immediately call the ambulance Mm. um, because uh, there are far more more people um, close by who are, are probably... In a much more vulnerable position, so we didn't want to take up valuable space. But it was getting to the point where I, I was getting quite antsy. And, um, mm. Thankfully, thankfully, that's uh, that she seems to be on the mend now. Mm. I mean, she's still up. She's she's, she's still upstairs. I, I, I I've been I've been trying to look after her, been cooking and, and cleaning and and keeping her company, either from cowering in the corner of the room or remotely on Skype. Mm. Um, but uh, we, we've been trying to isolate from each other. The idea being that if I got it, it was kind of inevitable. Yeah. So if we could stall it for long enough, then uh, when she was feeling better, uh, she could look after me.
1: And, um, and you, have you been sipped in this then?
2: Yeah, I've got, I just feel absolutely fine. It's, You've it's done quite well. I, it's really disconcerting because, I, I mean, you know me, I... I, I'm a, I it was a rather half-hearted, half-hearted attempt to fashion some personal protective equipment from kitchen goggles and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and uh, Kitch- kitchen goggles. Yeah, do you not have kitchen goggles for when you're cutting shallots? Shallots. Yeah. Or, or, Hark or, or, at or thee. <laughs> That's strange. <laughs>
1: shallots and kitchen goggles.
2: I've got very sensitive eyes.
1: Are you chopping them under water?
2: That's an amazing
1: idea. Um, well, I meant just for goggles. There's usually for
2: to... no. That's an amazing idea. Is it? Well, yeah. If you don't want to get like the the, the vapors in your eyes, if you don't want to fit the
1: vapors,
2: yeah. Uh, you just chop, maybe you could shop um, them in a in a shower tub.
1: I mean, you know, you could do. You could try that. You get very wet onions, which if you're frying them up wouldn't be ideal.
2: No, that's true. Uh, well, I mean, a bit of kitchen towel will probably draw most of the water out before you fry them.
1: I have to say, it's not a problem that I gen generally encounter because I have contact lenses, and that prevents crying when chopping onions. You know, good old working class sort of your onions.
2: Basically, I don't have, to, I don't appear to have the virus. It's been 14 days and I'm now in the slightly anxious position where I don't know whether um, I have had it or whether I'm asymptomatic or whether I've entirely avoided getting it.
1: Or you could be incubating.
2: It depends whether, it depends when I picked it up off of Laura. Well,
1: say you you got it from uh, yesterday. Then you know it could be like another week before you demonstrate symptoms. Possibly, I mean, you know, from the anecdotal stuff that seems to be going around. Not a doctor.
2: Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for the uh, thanks for cheering me up. Pat shattered.
1: That's all right. <laughs> Consider it a public service.
2: All
1: right. Um, uh, <laughs> <are> we... <laughs> um... I mean, I just say you're you're in a. You're in a room with a with someone that's got it. It's. It, I'd be surprised if you don't get it, mate. No, I am. I am. <laughs>
2: I'm surprised as well. But uh, who knows? I'm not. Gonna, I'm not a scientist. No. I'm not a, I'm not a virologist. Too few of us are. Um, and um, so there's lots of different conflicting information I've heard thrown around on Twitter that. Um, Twenty to thirty percent of people might be asymptomatic, but we just don't know, do we? It's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's an unusual amount. Hmm. Apparently.
1: Or you could be naturally immune, and it's your blood we need to harvest to make the cure.
2: Doesn't work like that. If I was naturally immune, you could um, use my. Um, you could use my material. I was going to say genetic material, but I'm not sure if that was the right word, but you could um, engineer genetically immune people using me, but you couldn't create a vaccine. I think that might be right.
1: Wow, you've looked into this.
2: Yeah, there was a really um, fascinating article that I read about uh, AIDS and plague you Did you know that one? No. Have you discussed it on a previous podcast? No, no. We've <laughs>
1: it's not in our time. Um,
2: well, the, um, the there was a study done on um, uh, elderly or, or older gay men who were growing up during the height of the AIDS epidemic, whose partner had contracted HIV, who were in circles where they should have contracted HIV,
1: yeah, and
2: they hadn't. Demonstrated any of the symptoms, um, so they they identified one or two. Well, they, they identified a, a group of men who came forward and said, "But I I really should have contracted it, but I don't believe I have." And they tried to see what they had in common physiologically. Mm-hmm. And the theory is that there are people who. I was going to say by, by freak of nature, but that's probably wrong. There are there, there are people who carry. <laughs> that's a bit uh,
1: of a value judgment onto it. Well, the, I
2: mean, there are people who carry sort of a, a freak <coughs> immunity. Immunity. Random. What, well, a random immunity? <laughs> well, no, it's a freak of parents, isn't it? It's
1: like. It's just, it's just, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, you're, I'm, you're,
2: I'm, you're all over that. You love your evolution and your Darwin and your
1: dinosaurs. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, sorry, I've been unnecessarily. Um, uh, annoying. Continue.
2: Well, it's alright. Just cheering me up. Um, it's uh, it's nice to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, that's that's rubbish. I've been talking non stop. It'd be nice if I can get some peace sooner or later. <laughs> but my family are always Skype. Now my family have discovered Sky. Um, I'll never, I never get a moment's peace. <clears throat>
1: um,
2: anyway, the, the, the theory is that, um, Immunity can spontaneously pop up in people for all kinds of conditions. So in theory, there are people out there who are immune to, say, a specific cancer. But if they're immune to that cancer, um, it's impossible to identify somebody who's immune to that specific cancer because there are lots of people who don't have it. They're not all immune, they just haven't developed it. Mm. They haven't got. They haven't had the propensity to develop it, and therefore demonstrate any latent immunity that they might have. So a lot of these freaks, as I'll call them, um, they who are carrying immunities, like we'll never know. But the AIDS test, they 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 were, they, they thought there was a good opportunity there to see if there was within that within that that group, that that target group, who were exceptionally vulnerable at that time. Um, see if there's anything that they shared and they did a lot of studies but the one thing that they actually um, had uh, that they actually got some uh, feedback from or that they actually got some traction from can you edit this afterwards Cause I, I'm sounding punch drunk
1: I mean I've not been doing a lot of editing yeah, no, that's, that's
2: like, <laughs> have you heard of the
1: um's and ah's and all <laughs> the pauses there are
2: <laughs> I, I I use the under now to, to, to string out my string out my uh, awkward rambling sentences. Yeah, give me time to think. I call it the Goldblum maneuver. So, um, there we go. There's another one. Um, they found that by doing a genealogical study of these men, their ancestry was all from plague villages in the Middle Ages. Oh, okay. And so there, there was some from... Uh, is, it, is it Derbyshire? There's a big one in Derbyshire, isn't there?
1: A big plague village.
2: Plague village. Former plague village.
1: I mean... So I've, I've... I
2: don't want to stigmatise them. <laughs> um,
1: I, I, I'm willing to accept that there was. Um, and
2: there was some in Belgium and some in France, I believe. And the plague village was where... if the, the plague came to the village,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and they were in a position that the, that the village was isolated so that people were trapped inside, and they were kept alive through uh, food and uh, water and supplies that were left in vinegar baths outside of the villages. Vinegar what? So, Vinegar baths. Baths. Baths.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Um, Sterilizing agents, yeah, yeah, Middle Ages sterilizing agents. Mm. Uh, and so they had outside help keeping them alive for a long period of time until such time as the plague died out. Because everybody would die out eventually. Yeah. But uh, they didn't in many of these villages. Like, groups of people survived. And those groups of people that suggested they, they didn't contract it, despite the... Um, incredible virulence of the black death. uh there were they were pockets of people uh who just survived it and those people um because they were trapped in these closed communities were the ones who uh got together had children and therefore by sort of a, a freak incident of uh g- genetic uh trans trans trans, trans uh, transition trans Trans. What, what do you call it? he gives when
1: inheritance? Genetic,
2: tran, transfer inheritance. Um, their children had whatever it was that was making them immune to the black death, but twice from the thugs. Two times. Yeah, and it was it was that genealogical link that led to uh, resilience against the. AIDS virus, which I believe bears some relation to the plague, there's, there's, there's a similar, there's some sort of similarity between it.
1: But their natural resilience couldn't be adhered, <coughs> adhered into some sort of cure?
2: No, so that's all really exciting, but then the, 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 from what I recall at the end of the article, um, they... There's not a lot they can do with that. It's fascinating. Yeah. The, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The only way you can give it to people is you can't you can't make a vaccine from it. Um, but what they could do is in future genetically engineer people in the in the world to be to ha to carry that.
1: Yeah. Vaccine. You're getting a bit Dominic Cummings in that uh, that path perhaps.
2: Ooh, yeah. It's <laughs> a bit eugenic, is it? Yeah.
1: But still, that's very interesting. So if you happen to be descended from people from play villages, you're in luck. But it's not a lot of good to anyone else, really. But very interesting. Yeah.
2: No. No. I mean, no. I wouldn't rely on that. No. No. I, I mean, don't. Don't. I, I mean, no. I mean, these, these are. I, I use the word freak with good reason because these are freak occurrences that led to that happening, and it. It, it was just. Um, it it was chance that they discovered it and and it was just a surprising connection. Mm. But there's a lot of theorising there. Yeah. There's a lot of room for error there.
1: Still, good story.
2: It is, I thought that was was fascinating. So, no, apparently that's why you can't take somebody who's immune and manufacture a vaccine from them.
1: I feel like Uh, apocalyptic sci-fi has lied to me.
2: I wonder whether apocalyptic sci-fi has been telling me the truth. I'm feeling like I should have paid more attention. Hmm. Yeah. Although I'm really hoping, you know, like I I think this is like what is dawning on people now is is whatever happens, this is a global event. It's it's tragic and it's 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 horrible, but. It's a global event that is so transformative. The world on the other side, I think, is going to be completely different. It's going to upend um, the socioeconomic structures. It's going to be so um, that, that people aren't going to stand for so many things as a result of this. So we, we talk about damaging the economy, but there's simply no other choice to, to put our economic structure on hold mm. while we try and save lives. Um and so that's a Toby Young well, this is the thing because Toby Young talks facetiously about elderly people, which is a bit trolling, but the subtext of his article and uh, what where, where was it published? I don't care. I don't want to give him any air time. i don't want I don't want to promote him any further than he already has mm. um but the subtext is also uh poor and vulnerable people, not just. Um, the sick and the elderly. He's, he's talking about the poor and the working class.
1: Like the thing with Toby Young's article, which I haven't read. I've just I'll, I'll be honest about that. I've just seen the the highlights in his tweets and things. But I mean, his he would argue that his overarching point is the long term damage that we do to the economy will kill more people than the virus. Which I mean. Who knows if that's true, but even if it is, does that just not speak to the fact that, you know, the current economic and political systems are completely broken? If we're relying on people going into work during a pandemic in order that more people won't die, then there's something's gone wrong somewhere down the line, right?
2: Yeah, that is absolutely right. Like, it's the system that's the problem. It's that the the system is broken. It's Mm. no longer fit for purpose, it's an ex system.
1: And in what better scenario, could we have to build a new one
2: well genuinely i think the way that people carry themselves the way that we act if if we're decent and kind and mindful and we exercise empathy and we uh, remain idealistic through this then that's going to define it's going to define us after this has happened and it's going to define the world that we're going to live in
1: yeah i mean i don't i don't know that we're going to have a sociological economic revolution or anything, but I do think there will be a substantial change in people's attitudes and behaviours. Or I hope there will be one.
2: I hope so. Well, I I think at at, at, at a lower level, it's going to decrease people's tolerance for the gross inequality Mm. there is in society. I mean, when you've got Richard Brampton asking for a bailout for Virgin...
1: You can talk about Tottenham Hotspur as well if you want.
2: I'll, I'll, leave this, I'll leave that to you. It, but like, but he genuinely, like, he can afford it.
1: He's yeah. not
2: asking for a bailout to keep people employed. He's asking for a bailout to maintain his gross, vastly unequal hoarding of wealth. Yes. We're going to end up in a system that can't sustain that anymore. Like, And, and those people are in the minority. Toby Young is just scuttling around on the fringes and that, but he still is. A member of the entitled classes who benefit from the from that that disparity of, of, in society.
1: Yeah, of course, of course.
2: I, I think that's the same for all these people who then everything from the economy is more important to, right up to in, in the states where it's like COVID is, it, it isn't that bad. It's not going to affect me. Come to work.
1: Mm.
2: Or it's a hoax. Well. Or or or, or it's from the hollow earth nazis where the lizard people dwell i don't know I, I i had a vague i had a vague look on 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 twitter yesterday just because i was curious to see if if the the global pandemic and the spirit of of unity uh and community had done anything to um smooth off the twattery of the like so I was wondering, I was, I was just wondering if, like, suddenly everybody had taken off their tinfoil hat and got right, okay, sorry, we're, we're, let's get back to work, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this later. Mm. But no, they're just doubling down. There's some bonkers things on there, but it's really, it's really dangerous. Yeah. All these people are going to American hospitals and posting the videos of, um, like, they're going, they're convinced that the hospitals are empty because it's a trump or something. Mm. I mean... Uh, it's but not, but they're, they're encouraging each other to sort of gate-crash hospitals uh, and try and video like empty waiting rooms and empty car parks.
1: Absolutely That's wild.
2: Empty because there's no, there's no ER. Like, why would... Elective surgery has been cancelled.
1: It's just, yeah. Well, there's no accounting for I don't know... People... Badly ill-informed, impressionable people. I don't know. Um, I don't know. If you ask me if you ask me, I mean, obviously the conspiracy theory stuff is is complete nonsense. But if it was a deliberate thing, then I would uh, I'd put the blame squarely at the hands of the of the blooming supermarkets. <laughs> <laughs> or,
2: or the Disney Corporation.
1: Yeah, how does he do well? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, Disney Plus. Perfect, t- suspiciously perfect timing. Yeah. Mm.
2: Out of me. I yeah. Just described it, but here we go. There you are. I'm half, I'm halfway through a uh, non-stop Simpsons
1: marathon. <laughs> <laughs> You're more mouse than man.
2: I'm more mouse than man now. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. Uh, um, I uh, speaking of controversial opinions. Uh, <laughs> Go on. Speaking of controversial opinions, I'm gonna bang my fist firmly on the desk. Yeah. Um, I just emoted that. I didn't want to actually do it because that's gonna knock my phone off this table. Okay. Uh, um, I like the later episodes of The Simpsons quite a lot.
1: Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa! That's
2: not specifically twenty-seven, season twenty-seven to season twenty-nine. <laughs> I'm really enjoying.
1: That is a very hot take, Matt.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm I fairly. Might
2: raise some ire.
1: I'm. I mean, I'm fairly. I don't know. I. I don't hold. The lack of quality in The Simpsons against it per se, but I mean, I I don't know. I, I mean, season twenty seven doesn't even mean anything to me anymore. Um, I I can't remember when I stopped even vaguely keeping track of keeping track of them. Is that what, what season are they up to like currently?
2: Uh, so I the, the, I only know that because I was, I was flicking through them and watching it. So I, I wouldn't. I'm not quite sure where that fits in the time frame, but I know it's late stage Simpsons.
1: Yeah. I don't think they've done uh, 30 seasons yet, have they?
2: Yeah, they're on... Because uh, they're... It's a season a year, isn't it? And it's has yeah. been on for
1: 30 years. Has it? But it was only d- Sims- just be 30 years now.
2: What is that, 89? Going, the Simpsons has been going longer now. Yeah, it would have been 89, I guess. The Simpsons has been going on longer now than the Flintstones had been off air when The Simpsons started.
1: Yeah. So long. It's been going for years. Yeah. 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 That's three decades. I saw a thing. Yeah, three decades. Yeah, if you add it up. Um. I saw if a 30, thing.
2: If you
1: add up thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Or three tens even. Um. Yeah. Decade being ten years usually. Um. Yeah. I saw a thing. If you were Bart and Lisa's age. In 1989, you would now be Homer and Marge's age. In 2020, that's the nature of time, though it 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 passes.
2: <laughs> no, it's, an, it's an illusion, isn't it? The time of the Simpsons is probably truer to the real, uh, to, to the true nature of time in that it's malleable and depends on perspective. So,
1: if Marge and Homer are what in their mid to late thirties perpetually yes yeah the
2: the late 30s i've deduced from my simpsons watching recent my my recent simpsons updates
1: so that would mean what they're born in the early 80s at this point so are we due a an early noughties sort of flashback episode at some point because they've done it of the 70s stuff where they were and they did a 90s one i watched that they
2: did a 90s and they did an 80s one as well all oh, right but they flash back to young homer and marge in the 70s 80s and 90s at the same age
1: yeah i'm i mean so surely the 90s one is coming which is going to be sort of me i guess more or less so that that's going to be that that will be when i feel old i think when The Simpsons flashback to Margin Homer is betraying something akin to my youth. Yeah, that's... yeah, I would like it. Oh,
2: the level of existential angst that the 90s Simpsons gave me was terrifying.
1: Hmm. I can only imagine. And pretty soon I won't need to.
2: No, I I don't imagine it would be long. Uh, I mean, (laughs) It doesn't take them 10 years to recycle ideas, so um, I'm sure it'll be around sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, beloved cartoons (laughs) that have only improved with age, um, why don't you give a... That was beautiful, wasn't it? That was...
2: I like it that
1: you've got to keep them Yeah, um why don't you tell our listener about um
2: <laughs> Hang
1: on. Our listener is me. Hey, don't 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 say that. There were four downloads today. Yeah. So I mean it could have... who who's to say. Um but yeah, it's nine. Nine, I've just looked. That's a hundred and twenty five percent increase on the day before.
2: don't, don't say any more <laughs> no,
1: I'm absolutely delighted that nine people have decided to listen to... to um, I think
2: it's... I, I, I find it really good company and it, it, it's charming. You're a charming new voice on the airway. LA. No, <laughs> I, I really... It's, it's relatable.
1: Relatable content. Well, I guess now more than ever, people are doing stuff that is quite relatable because we're all very much doing the same thing. Um, But, yeah, so with that beautiful segue, um, tell us about the stuff that we have been doing on our computers recently.
2: Okay, uh, so we have been doing a new comic and it's called Building Worlds and it is a tutorial for younger readers um, to explain how to tell stories and draw comics. Tell stories in comic books. And it is told in the form of a narrative adventure story with two characters who get trapped in a comic book dimension and they have to draw and storytell their way out and along the way they teach the reader such valuable concepts as give me some valuable <laughs> concepts what do we think? <laughs> i was thinking are you reading for something this is fabulous no. um. <laughs> I've done a lot of <laughs> How to um, draw your comic, how to structure your story. We talk about the different roles in a in a story, about the antagonist, the protagonist, different genres and storytelling techniques. Yeah. A little bit about the art. Yeah. Um, and how to compose a page. Um, and we, we do talk a little bit about layouts and how to get your your book out there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's partly a lot. Well, a lot of the stuff, particularly sort of at the beginning of the tutorial section, is can be applied to storytelling, what well, fiction storytelling very very broadly I would say it doesn't not necessarily exclusive to comic creation but yeah as we go on and talk about um, art we do which we do cover and sort of the practical stuff about how to actually once you've come up with a story put it on a page um, in comic form um, so yeah it's it's yes it is specifically about comics but yes it can also be a little bit more broadly. Um, about storytelling in general. Um, yeah, uh, which we've we've aimed <laughs> again, uh, <I laughs> there's a lot of uh, comedy people on Twitter at the moment that seem to be uh, also putting out <laughs> tutorials and things. So uh, during the lockdown, um, but we're hoping um, to have it out in in the not too distant at all future. Um, and therefore, we'll, once it's out there, we'll make it available for people to um, access digitally. Um, It's also been published in book form. But because all publishers are based on the continent, uh, that's a no go. This is my tedious voice for talking about tedious things. Um, But yeah, um, so yeah, we'll put it out there. And then any young person or older person, indeed, can download it, have a read, and hopefully, hopefully um put their creativity to good use during this time when we all got a bit more time on our hands um keep, go on no
2: no
1: keep going um you're on a roll yeah well i was, I was I, I, without giving too much away there is a level of interactivity with the with the book in the last portion Spoilers. whatever could i be hinting at um <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so again um if if, if people do download it and their kids or themselves, um, yeah. uh, you know, interact with it. We'd love to see the results thereof. Basically, I don't know why I'm being so canny about it. <laughs> Just, or can? What am I being elusive? Coy. 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 Why am I being so coy? coy. Yeah, but I have been.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: it almost generated a sense of mystery. Yeah,
1: almost. But then, but then you, you overcoyed. I thought. Well, I sort of punctured it with my own scepticism. But anyway, um, yeah. So, yeah.
2: I I, I mean, a lot of people are doing comic book tutorials and I think that's fantastic because you've got a a lot of kids um, who... Need something to do. Yeah, they're trapped inside and and comic books, at least for me, when I I was younger and I started reading them, they they were an amazing way to to escape and to stir up my imagination and travel to distant worlds and... Yeah. like learn to think in different ways and see in
1: different ways and. Oh, well, I mean that's very literally what the, happens in the story about you know traveling to a world of pure imagination. Um, so yeah, I mean we we can't do that in real life for bored kids, but we could certainly give them a comic book that might do it in their brains. And,
2: and I, I have to give you props for it as well, Jack, because like, our, our first book was was. I I thought it was fun. I also thought it was quite a smart conceit that we we told a we told an all ages story for younger readers, but by setting it in sort of a, just in a subtly 80s genre environment, um, we made it accessible for older readers. And yeah. I honestly think we we've worked really hard. I, I, so like stuff came out of the script that was fantastic because we've got it works as a tutorial, but I think it works largely as a story as well as an adventure story as well i think we we don't cheat very much in it
1: no well it was your idea to make it into more of a narrative i think the original first draft was pretty much yes it was dictated by a fictional character but it was a lot more straight up just instructional guide but um yeah it was it was your idea to sort of spin it into more of a an actual story and a bit more of a sequel, semi-sequel, you don't need to have read the first thing. The first thing, I don't think I've mentioned it specifically, but it's um, Alien in the Outfield, and that is available at the moment to download. So again, if um, if you are listening to this and you've got a kid or you like comics or whatever, um, and you need something to do, then check out our website, which is com, and you can download it for free or you can check us uh, took us something in the tip jar as well. But, um, yeah, so, and there will be, as we've just said, sort of more content very soon, really.
2: I'm really glad that we're putting it out now. I'm really glad we've got something like this to put out there. And I I, I know we're we're jumping the gun with it a little bit, um, you know, you can, but we're, we're not really going to be taking it that many places this year. I, I hopefully Thought Bubble will go ahead, but mm. I don't know at the moment. Is it so,
1: November or September Thought Bubble this year? Uh, November? November, again? Well, I guess there's more chance no, of that. No,
2: no, 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 it might be September. Is it? Uh, <laughs> this is dead air. Um, no, but, like, um, I I think I, I'm happier, just more people, more people getting something out of it, really, because I think it's the I think it's a really good thing. I yeah, think it's a
1: really. I think it's a really good book, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm quite happy with it. I think, you know, we've got to face reality. We're never gonna. It's not gonna be our retirement fund or anything. So with that in mind, we might as well just share the theoretical benefits thereof. That was a good sentence, wasn't it? I mean it yeah, I like no 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 I I was being sarcastic there football's was November so there is a um I don't know I mean it's probably unwise to speculate but there's probably a reasonable chance that that goes ahead I mean who knows
2: Do you want to give a shout out to um who is it who's put, uh, we're on that list of comics that have been made available for free by the creators. Uh
1: a place to hang for your sure, cape
2: yeah,
1: they're, they're updating that. What's the
2: website? A place to hang your cape. Isn't
1: it acronyms? Um, well, the Twitter handle is, but I think the website is the website. Uh, place, okay. It might be with a, a number two.
2: It's ap 2 hyccom
1: I've just Googled a place to hang your ape. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's that?
1: I don't know, but the first result is Monkey Hanger. On Wikipedia. Uh, oh! <laughs> that... oh is that... Is that... <laughs> no, it's Hartlepool! Oh, you know the people that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... Monkey <laughs> Hang is a colloquial nickname for the people of Hartlepool. That's a to hang your ape. That's a very niche humor for people familiar with that comic website and people familiar with the. Uh, <laughs> Monkey hanging um story. I,
2: I mean surely it's not a place, a to, hang place, to, your ape. A place to hang your cake website?
1: No, well I was just that was just the first thing that came up. Um <laughs> sorry, I think maybe I'm more amused by that than anyone else in the world.
2: I, mean, uh, I, I, I was vaguely aware of the I was very vaguely aware of the of the story.
1: Um well I became re-familiarized with it because I was doing a quiz round for my mum um for her pu- uh, church pub quiz which is a sub- pub quiz church quiz that has that subsequently got cancelled obviously um and I was considering doing um something well something animal themed and I was looking up um a wikipedia list of football teams and their um their nicknames um and it was alphabetical list of the nicknames, and it came to the monkey hangers. <laughs> Who on earth are the monkey hangers? But then it's Hartley Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Hartley Paul's team uh, funding out as the monkey. <laughs> it's just brilliant, isn't it?
2: I mean, you're gonna have to tell the story again now because I can't quite remember. Is it was it a was it was it? Did they think that it was a French a spy?
1: Soldier, or a spy. Um. Yes. Um, hang on. Well, I just had the Wikipedia page, so let me get it out. Uh, according to local folklore, the term originates from an incident in which a monkey was hanged in Hartlepool, England. During the Napole- Napoleonic Wars, a French ship uh, was wrecked. The only survivor was a monkey. Allegedly dressed in a French army uniform <laughs> to provide amusement <laughs> for the
2: crew. I think, I, I think that's, uh, that, that's uh, been added after the
1: fact. On finding the monkey on the beach, some locals decided to hold an impromptu trial since the monkey was unable to answer their questions and because they had neither seen a monkey nor a Frenchman before,
2: <laughs> they concluded that the monkey must be a French spy.
1: This is bad, isn't it? Being found guilty, the animal was duly sentenced to death and summarily hanged on the beach. An alternative theory is that a young boy was who was hanged the term "powder monkey" was commonly used at the time for children employed on naval warships to prime the gan- cannon with gunpowder. I mean, that sounds vaguely more likely. Um,
2: but it's not as it's not as
1: funny. No. Hanging
2: the monkey isn't funny either. Like hanging the monkeys, like, like people do terrible things to each other in war, but a uh, monkey never started any wars. Um,
1: did you not see Planet of the Apes? yeah I'm sorry this yeah um but no it's it's a good one, I mean, I'm sure it's oh apparently uh electric Six have a song that references the incident uh, <laughs>
2: of course they do
1: the electric six song, unnatural beauty um <laughs> that's great i i think we should probably uh wrap it up there matt um
2: yeah no no, i i think we should as well
1: so thank you for i mean we got we we spanned some distance there we had sort of quite quite intense political theory that that went on to monkey hanging via a sort of a simpsons um discussion so that's really good so yeah thank you for being a co-diarist today Will you you come back on and write a new entry at some point?
2: I would absolutely love to. Great. Absolutely love to. Yeah, it was brilliant.
0: All right. Thanks.